to today's struggle session. I'm Leslie the Third, and I'm Jack Allison. Um, JDB is not here today. Um, don't worry, he's not fired. He's just been um, exiled to New York. He's finally, you know, pissed off enough LA comedians <laughs> that they finally did were able to kick him out of town for a couple of weeks. But he'll be back on probably on the next episode. He's just uh, busy in New York, uh, pissing off people there too. No, not really. He's having a great time. But today, I don't know what he's doing there actually. But anyway, but, <laughs> but today we're joined by a very special guest. So we, we we've been kind of doing a couple of smart episodes lately where we we've been talking politics. But we and we had you know Luke Savage on. He's a brilliant guy. Knows a lot about politics. But you know he's just like some Canadian guy. All right, he he doesn't care about American politics. He was just you know judging us and mocking us basically and all our culture and our American political system. And you mm-hmm. know it's very offensive episode which you can uh hear at patreon.com slash struggle session sign up for the patreon if you want to hear that fucked up episode yeah just (laughs) he was just looking down us the entire time um but we wanted to get somebody in who really knows american politics this is our biggest political guest this is our you know biggest get one of the most brilliant political minds out there an actual legitimate pundit and one of the like two good ones um cnn msnbc fox news young turks she's been everywhere nomiki konst thank you so much for coming on wow can you guys just like come with me everywhere and make introductions like that <laughs> yes we, we will definitely be your uh hype men um, yeah we'll right, be that's like, the technical term yes yes hype men. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> so, thanks for having me oh absolutely and nomiki i actually don't know if you need a hype man because looking at the past week mm-hmm you see what happened to Joy. You saw what happened uh, to Joan. Saw what happened uh, with Nera. Seems like everybody who's crossed you in real life or online is having their world entirely fall apart. And I don't know if you need a hype man because apparently you got a witch doctor on staff. <laughs> and so my first question is, one, how does it feel? Two, who are you taking out next? Yeah, who's next? <laughs> Fuck. Um... So it's really funny because someone called me uh, the day that the Joy News started. The, the Joy the Joy News started to break. The Joy <laughs> Read News started to break, um, and and they said like, "Oh my God, did you leak all of that? Did you do it? Did you know?" And I said, "Well, I could kind of take this one or of two ways. You know, I could be like, no, karma's a bitch, or I could be like, yes, don't don't ever cross me ever again. Like, <laughs> I'm the most powerful person. But I do think it was somewhere in between. I mean, this was obviously an army that has been on this case for a while. Like, Joy Reid has gone after everybody. Neera Tandon has gone after everybody. I did get to a point where I called for both of them to be fired. So mm. I understand the connection there. But, I mean, the reality is, is that we they, – they, they've really um, – they've they've – provoked a lot of frustration and anger and pushed a lot of false narratives out there. And I think there are a lot of incredible, smart people in our community who did do the work and they did get it out there. And I'm going to give credit to Caleb at Mediaite, who I ran into yesterday, actually, at, at this White House thing. And um, and he, I mean, he broke the story on Media and really took it to another level. And as we're sitting here on the phone... Um, I'm watching Joy Reid do an LGBTQ segment on MSNBC. (laughs) I'm only reading the body signals, (laughs) but uh, (laughs) this is 
just a few minutes after CNN's Michael Smirkanich did a segment on Joy Reid um, calling mm. for her to take responsibility. So I think, you know, if she has one more error, she's probably out. And, and, and she has to be very careful about what she says now as a result. Well, yeah. I, I watched a little of it this morning. Joy Ann Reed is taking to air at the same time as we are this morning to everyone at home. Uh, and she basically said that uh, she knows her cybersecurity team like didn't you know do a good job explaining what happened. She still doesn't think she wrote the posts. Um. <laughs> That's, that was her literal phrasings. Like I do not believe I wrote those things. It's just a mate. Like yeah. I, I understand that as a writer. Like I've got like this is is this is going to sound like I'm a complete asshole, but I've read things. Somebody has like posted something, and I start reading them. Like. Hmm, this guy is pretty smart. And then I realized it was something I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> you can but, usually tell from the avatar, Leslie. Yeah, but it, sometimes you see uh, context. But still, it's like, so I can understand, like, not remembering something you wrote 10 years ago. And actually, that's fine. That's fine. It, and you know what? As far as the things that she's posted, as horrible, sexist, Islamophobic as they are, they were 10 years ago. They were be- probably bad then, but not as bad as they are now. And, and you know, Joy, as far as, like, the resistance goes, she's one of the – she sometimes leans on the, oh, you're just saying that because you're a white man. Or she's – like, some like I always say with the pre-woke posts, it's like it depends on how the person acts now. Because Michael Ian Black, as – bad as his posts are and politics are talking about his pre-woke stuff isn't as relevant because he's not when he makes shitty comments and posts he's not leaning as heavily on calling everybody who disagrees with him racist and sexist sure it's the sanctimony it's the sanctimony and hypocrisy is really what it's the sanctimony and hypocrisy and as annoying as joy and reed is a lot of her stuff is her problem is like the dishonesty and the manipulation as truth less she does the sanctimony sometimes but not as much so if it was just like she said some fucked up shit in the past she apologizes for it now it could probably move on right like because that what that's what happened last Mm -hmm. time but the fact that she concocted this incredible incredible lie to defend it instead of just like owning it like she did last time is Mm -hmm. why it's blown up so much and also why it's like the funniest thing that has ever happened. It's yes. one of the funniest things ever. I got so deep down, like, I, you know, uh, I, I I couldn't tell you how many times I've, like, put the words Joy Reid into the Twitter search bar this week. Uh, uh, it, it's gotten bad. Last night it was, like, I feel like it was, like, one in the morning and I was doing one of my Joy Reid Twitter searches and I accidentally found myself on, like, the page of Joy Reid's, like, sister who was, like, vehemently defending her with everybody and oh, I was wow. like, I need to get oh. off of Twitter finally. Like, it's not, I, I found her sister who's like an actress in Los Angeles who's like telling everyone she didn't write the posts and I was like and then I saw Ken Bone's son got arrested for like have, having a gun or something. Or sorry, I got suspended from school and I was like, I need to go off Twitter at this point. <laughs> so now now Ken it's the Bone? time to log off. Sorry, <laughs> like these the are just two separate things. Yes, Ken debate? Bone's Ken Bone's son got suspended from school because they posted a picture of him, like, shooting an AK or something like that. Oh, so who the fuck knows what's... Again, this was the signifier for me that it's time to get offline for the night. So I, I shouldn't have even brought you into this part of my world. Well, um, as you were doing that, I was... I mean, as we're taping this, it's the White House Correspondents Dinner weekend. And it's sure. probably... 
one of for me, I find this like a really nauseating weekend. Um, I think in particular, people felt that for years just because like media and, and, and like politics rubbing shoulders when, of course, these rep- it's all access journalism. But I think mm-hmm. this weekend in particular, because of the threats to democracy, because of the ridiculousness of the news industry right now as we're sitting here like watching Rome on fire, right? <laughs> and and then you see them all like running around, you know, taking photo, you know, pics with Anthony Scaramucci and Sean Spicer and and you know Kelly Con- and Conway. And then like the real heroes are in the corner, just kind, you know, it, it's just a weird dynamic. So when you, what the rabbit hole is on Twitter is happening in real life, is what I'm trying to say. Is that like <laughs> nothing matters anymore? Nothing matters, and you're just sitting here going. I think this kind of illustrates what happened with Joy Reid, which is we've been saying this forever. And mm-hmm. now it's finally, it like, it, you know, it's irreversible so much so that he, she's doing a special on LGBTQ issues where she has Sarah Scanlon who worked for Bernie Sanders because she has to please that demo. Like, it's just, it's outrageous that, that like, that's, it's still not making a difference. Like, she has to apologize, but... You know, despite like the real movement pushing back, the real reality, it's they're still trying to keep this like propaganda world alive. And um, and I also yeah, think it speaks to with, with joy, especially it speaks to you know almost like an acknowledgement that these are not really news programs anymore. You know what I mean? It's like and and that's something that is mm. you know uh, I can. I, of course, acknowledge and kind of have believed for a little while, but, like, to leave someone on the air who is, like, purportedly a journalist after doing something like this is kind of just acknowledging that this person is not a journalist in the first place. Like, it's maybe acceptable to keep someone on the air if they're, like, a talk show host who made up a, you know, weird lie about, like, a hack, but certainly not a journalist. And so Joy Reid, I guess, is a talk show host. I mean, that's that's really what it is, is it's – it's it's funny because I sometimes I get that question. People will say, "Well, you're you're a democratic activist, but you're also like on TYT." And I just look at them mm-hmm. and go, "Have you watched like any of these shows lately?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you have this standard for TYT but not for Joy Reid and right. not for? I mean, I don't want to really listen. Joy Reid is the Sean Hannity in terms of in terms of of style um, sure. of MSNBC. Yeah, I you know. but uh, I actually I think like so my mom watches Joy and loves her and even when I'm watching her I kind of have a warm feeling about it like if as long as she's you know staying within the lane where uh, mainstream Democrats are actually you know good about stuff you know mm-hmm. like LGBT uh, issues in general uh, they're pretty okay on that or ab- abortion rights things like things like that those safe zones where Democrats go I still kind of have a warm feeling watching joy and read and so i kind of see why people are inclined to defend her because she's a likable person and intelligent black woman who presents very well on tv but her twitter feed is always a dumpster fire and then when with when she's like mixing the two right like if anything like people have been saying you know donald trump shouldn't be posting and be present like Joy Ann Reed should not be tweeting and hosting a show. Like, uh, <laughs> like it's it's the worst part of her, um, you know, 
her aesthetic, uh, is her tweets, and she just cannot stop, and it keeps getting her in trouble. Like, from the beginning, all her posts, like, this is what she's getting in trouble for, all those shitty posts she made before. When she's on, she's a good TV host, anything else she's not very good at, so she should just probably log off and she wouldn't have to deal yeah. with all these problems but like I, like one time she actually came after me to defend Lyndon B. Johnson because I pointed out that Lyndon B. Johnson is racist and MLK still works with him and she started yelling at me saying LBJ isn't a racist blah 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 and then I just posted a link to an MSNBC article that said but Lyndon B. Johnson was a racist and still <laughs> helped with the civil rights <laughs> it was so and it's like I'm nobody to her like yeah. she's a millionaire broadcast journalist why is she taking the time to get in a, a fight with me and i just don't understand it i really don't if i had her job i would never post rachel maddow doesn't fucking post so i don't know why joanne Wait. reed is i i and that's all that's just to say is that uh this is incredibly funny because it's so embarrassing and completely unnecessary this is like an own goal she did this entirely yeah. to herself but what's and it's so funny to see all these people like saying, I stand by Joanne I Reed. I know. I believe Joanne Reed. Like they're all putting their own credibility. I'm on proud the line. to stand tall as a dumbass. Yes. And, and, <laughs> and, and I guess my thinking of it is wrong because it, their credibility isn't on the line because nobody has any credibility. So it doesn't really matter. They're just keeping kayfabe. And as long as they do that, as long as they still believe it, like it doesn't matter. They're not going to pay any price for it. What we have to keep in mind is I think a lot of the folks who are standing with Joy Reid, unless there's some sort of personal, like deep personal connection, um, a lot of them are – they rely on Joy Reid or they owe something to Joy Reid. And, and I say that in that in 2016, it became very clear to many of us on the left that there was some sort of organized messaging apparatus that used high-profile surrogates and – they propped up messages and cr- and literally like invented Twitter celebrities like Tom Watson or uh, what's that one that the woman who just got in trouble for buying a bunch of bots. Um, oh, Sally or Sally, Sally Albright. Albright. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, these are, they would retweet these people and then they'd be, they'd get followers and they were all on the same message. Not to mention there were Reddit pages and still are Reddit pages that organized folks. And I think that's where they actually paid um, the trolls, which happened with Crack the Record. So it was like an organized army. Now, I don't know what Joy got out of it. Like, I, I'm pretty sure she probably wasn't paid by like the Clinton campaign, but I mean, her ratings went up and, you know, I'm sure she's the more, the higher her ratings are, the more money she makes. Um, and I don't know how that works. I mean, the, the reality is, is there's no conspiracy theory here. Like, the reality is, is that there are people in the media who are, advised to take a certain line or or they're told not to say certain things, probably more accurate. And there are presidents of media organizations who are very close to um, certain candidates. And I think they have a deep, pers- you know, strong perspective on, on economics. And there are people on the left like us who are just not part of that space anymore. And that's yeah. because we are now a real thing. We're not like the person they can have on once a week or a couple times a week to talk about um, an issue so that there's like balance. It's now, we're now a real threat. So they're just leaving it out of the conversation entirely. 
Yeah, speaking of, like it's not a conspiracy, but it is funny that like twenty of those accounts use like the exact same wording to uh, describe why they support Joanne Reed. Like Joanne Reed is an important and valuable voice, and I support mm-hmm. her. Joanne Reed is a valuable and important voice, and I support her. <laughs> I support Joanne Reed because she's a valuable and important voice. Like, like, like we know you're on like the same mailing list or you know chat room or whatever. Maybe the same <laughs> Discord server. Maybe Joy's a gamer. And no, she's on- no, no. That's really. Th- Leslie, they are not on Discord. These people are on Slack. They guaranteed are using Slack. Uh, these are not Discord people. And I, I just want to say, like, if I was Joy, I'd be a little offended by how little effort a lot of them put into their support messages. They basically <laughs> cut and pasted the form letter. <laughs> like, they don't really care about you, Joy, that much. They, they, they're I, fine. They, you could get swapped out for Melissa Harris Perry in a second, uh, they wouldn't care. <laughs> You know, you know, when you I asked, uh, when you said like you don't know what these people get out of it, out of being part of you know uh, a propaganda arm, um, I think it's I think it can be fairly simple. I think it's that a lot of these people are dodo brains and they need to know what to talk about and wouldn't otherwise know what to talk about <laughs> if someone wasn't just telling them the opinion to have every day. Right. That's about right. I so mean, that's what they get out of it. I they get retweets the- and uh, opinions. <laughs> I, I guess what I mean, like, for the higher-ups, like Joy Reid, like, she's not getting paid off, most likely. But, you know, they, she gets, she gets like, real space on a media network. I mean, listen, like, the, the MSNBC has purged all of all of the progressive, like, real progressives. Mm-hmm. Okay, Chris Hayes is still there, but Chris Hayes isn't allowed to talk about what he's, like, actually an expert in. Yeah, they did the <laughs> get-out su- – they did the get – yeah, they did the get-out surgery on uh, – Chris Hayes, like I like I don't know what is going on, my boy. I told him he needs to quit that job because it's like even it's like it <laughs> used guy. to be where like his show was good and then it got bad, but his tweets were still good, and now his tweets are getting bad, and it's just like you, bro, you gotta get out of there, get the fuck out. Like it's yeah, not yeah, worth the money. Like he's got, I'm sure he saved. Like he's smart. He yeah, saved yeah, up his money. Move to a smaller apartment and then do something on your yeah, own. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Start a podcast. It, it, it's, it's fine. It'll be okay. I, Chris. I, I worked at the Kimmel Show and I quit. Like you can quit jobs even if you'll never work again. Like me. <laughs> well, you, um, this is a great podcast. So, oh, thank you very much. <laughs> but did they? Did you quit the Kimmel Show because of your politics? Was that no? Not not well. Oh. Not really. Well. Kind of, but more not because I'm like, I disagree with the politics of people here and more like I cannot bear to be writing like orange man, small hands jokes for like eight (laughs) fucking years here. And like, it's been mind numbing enough already for this election. And I don't think this is very funny to begin with. So I don't know. Jack, tell the truth. You you quit because of that uh, Kanye as uh, as a baby skit. (laughs) <laughs> you were defending Kanye back then. Yeah, well, I, I've, I, but there's never a period in my life when I've not been defending Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, That's amazing. <laughs> all right, moving moving on to um, the other victim of Nomiki's black magic, Joan <laughs> Walsh. Who it's definitely it's definitely Nomiki's magic, and not that all these people are like similar hypocrites. It's definitely the magic <laughs> that Nomiki has. <laughs> like, so really, the Joan Walsh is not as big as Joy, but it's just as funny. It's just like one line where she yeah. basically threatened Glenn Greenwald into not crossing her. It's so funny. Yeah. Joan Walsh like walked on to Glenn Greenwald's feed and was like, "Nice feed you got here. It'd be a shame if something happened to it." <laughs> 
<laughs> and it's like, what is going on? It's like, like her, like thing, her like genre is that, like, oh, I'm just a white forty, uh, forty something wine mom. I'm like, like her. That's not like being like a mob boss. It's like not her th- thing as far as like her. It's not her brand. It's not her. It's not her wrestling gimmick. Okay, her wrestling gimmick is that oh, I'm just a mom who's a millionaire and lives in like a a five million dollar brownstone or whatever in New York, whatever they call them. <laughs> like like she lives in a, a Manhattan in the good part of Manhattan in a very expensive place. But she's just you know a regular mom. That's like her gimmick. But now her gimmick is like she's from Long island and she's gonna if you cross it she's gonna fuck you up Glenn. <laughs> like, oh, that's so funny the long island mobsters are not that great that's where the mobsters went to retire the real mobsters are from queens and that's where i'm from so oh excuse me i, I know so nothing watch about out, new york <laughs> no i'm kidding i'm kidding but she is that's exactly what she is she's like the long island mom and it's like i i i you know i don't know if it was black magic or not they're just all friends and they all operate it's the same modus operandi operandi and they both you know they retweet each other they support each other obviously this had to do with her supporting um when she tweeted her initial tweet was supporting joy reed and how like she invented joy reed i mean did you did you catch that part of it yeah 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 (laughs) yeah she's the first she was the first person to publish her roughly 18 (laughs) years ago so this is all her fault is like what does publish even mean like 18 years ago like you re- you copied her blog you probably didn't even edit out the grammatical errors or the misspellings you just or the like homophobia, homophobia. Or the homophobia. <laughs> <Jinx>. <laughs> so it, it wasn't like a thing like she maybe paid her i don't know but like it wasn't like you don't have to like own that for like 18 years like it's it's fine you know you don't it, and you can, it's fine to just say like I'm friends with Joy and I support her and don't think she gets fired. But when the, when she, Joan goes on to say, I never saw a home post from her back then, you know, implying that time traveling Russian hackers yeah. have gone and fucked with the Matrix. And now, I have perfect memory of every post I have ever seen. Right. And I do not recall these posts. Yeah, and like the point is, like Glenn actually says, like she's already admitted to posting like homophobic exactly. posts. So what are you even saying? And then Joan, what do you think I'm saying, Glenn? What's so hard for you to understand? Of course, I did not see. Uh, excuse, excuse me. Of course, I did not see any tweets of the kind back then when I was reading her blog. Were you asking? You don't really want to turn me against you, Glenn. Trust me, you don't. <laughs> she's like she's like in like a big chair, like petting a cat. <laughs> well, and, and I think the concern here is, you know, CNN just hired her, but I don't think they'll take this the same way that MSNBC does. And I, what they'll do with Joan is they'll just keep her on contract and phase her out. Like that's no, I mean, but, but the reality is that's usually what they do. She doesn't have a show. She doesn't. It, you know, with Joy, like, it became a public thing that she had to deal with because she has a show and mm-hmm. she has, like, a huge megaphone. Joan is a contributor. I mean, like, she should be yeah. really, you know, concerned about the nation because, like, f- frankly, like, no one at the nation agrees with Joan Walsh. She's the only person who, like – I mean, can you guys think of another um, writer at the nation that has similar politics to Joan? Like uh, – and, no. and by politics, I mean – lies yeah it's not even <laughs> politics it's just like my, who my friends are <laughs> and that's who right. who she'll defend and like she doesn't really care seem to care about 
much anything else. She doesn't seem to have any other principle besides like I will defend Hillary Clinton because Clinton is my friend and hired my daughter. I will defend Joanne Reed because I posted I posted her 18 years ago and we've been friends. And I just imagine like all these people pretend to talk about these things of national importance and national concern, these issues that affect millions and millions, billions of people, literally billions of people. But really, it's just about who their friends are, who whose parties they go to, who emails them every so often. And that's where all their politics comes from. And like the correspondence dinner is a pretty good illustration of that. Hey, let, exactly. let me ask. When you're a full-time CNN contributor, do they give you, like, an office, or is everybody just in, like, one big room together until they grab you for all the shows? Or, like, how does it work? You do, sit there like, 9 Are you, five. like, on call like a doctor? Like, you sit on a couch <laughs> all day? Like, what happens? So so usually what happens um, – let me pull back the curtain on how this all works <laughs> – uh, <laughs> so if you're a contributor, it's different than if you're like a host or reporter. Sure. Um, I mean, I, I, I assume that some of the reporters, many of the reporters have, have like cubicles or, you know, if you're a host, you have offices. Um, yeah. but the, the contributors don't. And what they do is you'll, you'll get a phone call like the day before or that day if there's breaking news and they'll say, Hey, um, especially CNN. I mean, they, they do it they're a little bit more impulsive than like say Fox News is or MSNBC. And they'll say, hey, you know, we're doing, we want to loop you in for this segment. Are you free? Yes. It's their bookers. Or they'll email you the topic. Sometimes you're not even an expert on that topic. This is this is more how it used to be, I'd say. Sure. Where you just go in and, and like I would talk about anything. I became, I'm like a mini expert on every subject. Great for dinner parties because I'll be like this one time. <laughs> I did a segment on North Korea, so I'm an expert now. <laughs> <laughs> but that's basically what they did. They they wanted the sides. They wanted the left side. They wanted the right side. The the presidential campaigns changed it up a lot because you know they go for. It's just I don't know. It's going to become very different now. Um, so they you know it, you can also have a regular spot on a show. Like mm. I think it just depends on the show. Um, for me, like I got into this rhythm where I've, almost every Saturday and Sunday I was on Frederick Whitfield during certain hours. Sometimes they'll have you like in the early morning and then they'll have you again at like noon and they'll have ah. you again at three. And so for me, I would just like chill in the green room for a while. Gotcha. So it's kind of like go do go get a coffee, do whatever you like, but you don't have an office or anything. Yeah. It's freelancing basically is what it is. They're yeah. like, we don't have space for you, but come back or whatever, right? Yeah. And everybody's contract is different. So you might have so a like, contract. So like does Anna Navarro have an office? <laughs> no. Like No. Interesting. <laughs> no, but why would she? I mean, she's not. I a guess host. it makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I, I've been. I went over to CNN one time, and I will say that uh, uh, I went into the Situation Room and all these different rooms, and they're really small. The ceilings mm-hmm. are really low in these sets. They're like shitty sets, actually. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's some behind the scenes talk about CNN. Everyone, uh, it's, it's I fun. found out whether Anna Navarro has an office or not. And it turns out <laughs> Anna Navarro, news. just like the rest of us, has to use a WeWork. She she does. Well, and, and you know, what's important to keep in mind is the contributors are still political for the most part. So mm-hmm. a lot of them are still doing their jobs. Like this is just extra money for them. Right. And, uh, you know, like obviously everybody's obsessed with their own image. So <laughs> they love to right. be on TV. <laughs> um, it just seems yeah. like if everyone it seems, it seems like everyone's on TV too much. These people who like are political and have jobs, like 
you you have to like go get get through makeup and all this oh, yeah. shit. Like it's a big deal to go on TV. It's like a couple hours out of the day for like a short spot. Like people are mm-hmm. not that busy if they're on. Like I see my guy Adam Schiff is like on TV talking about Russia all the time. I'm like, is this guy supposed to fucking like be in the Senate or in Congress or some shit like doing work or something? The the, the the good thing about the congressional side, I'll give them a little bit more credit, is that they have um, they're very good about having the cameras at the Capitol for them. So they just like go into the the hallway basically, and and then there's like a little room where they can do quick hits and come in and out. So it's, okay, it's not as so it's like the Grammys. I get it. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Grammys yeah. every day at Congress. Okay, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's one of the reasons somebody somebody stopped me yesterday and they were like. I used to do Fox all the time. Actually, I did Fox before I did CNN, and I did more Fox, and then I moved to CNN, but no one ever remembers any of that. But I, uh, one of the brokers was like, why don't you come on anymore? We're always asking you. And I'm like, because it's literally three hours of my day, and I have work to do. And also, like, I don't really – I mean, there's nothing – I'm not – okay, yes, you want to have the economic populace on Fox to talk to, like, the Trump voters. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about – I don't. I don't even know what we're talking about on Fox News anymore. To be honest. <laughs> yeah, Fox is difficult to to watch because they're just not doing any. Like they're not following the actual news anymore. It used to be like this weird twisted version of what the news story of the day is, but now it's not even like the news story of the day anymore. It's 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 sad what's happened over at Fox News. <laughs> it's really sad. Like <laughs> how, how far they follow once yeah. you know such a great uh, network, so, a stalwart organization. Sorry, I, I do want to say like it is kind of sad what's happened to CNN since Trump because every even though this was never really true, the idea was that CNN was the news, the serious network, right? The news one, or at least the centrist one. Now it's just like Trump. TV like 24 7 like everything uh, and like it's just so hard to even keep up with like people who watch CNN because they find they find all these like minor Trump figures that get like their own day or week on CNN <laughs> and like I have no idea who the fuck these people are I still barely barely know who like cohen is right like right. And, like and every week there's like a new person like there was a the woman who was like quit who and like it was a big news because she was like young and like that was like a whole week i don't know her name i will never <laughs> hear her name again but like that was a whole thing that people were really into and really excited about like I don't know how to follow this. Like, like Nomiki, do you are you able to keep up with you know the ongoing Trump drama and all the minor uh, players and characters that come along? No, <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, that's that was we were talking about this before we went on air. Um, so I'm here at this this correspondence weekend. It's it's kind of funny because. Because of my time at Fox News, I know a lot of these Trump figures because Trump just hired a bunch of people from TV. Like, that's what he did. He was like, oh, I know that guy. He's great on TV. Why don't you be my new chief of staff? Like, <laughs> true. I mean, that's really what it was. That's how I met Kellyanne Conway was I just debate her on TV all the time. So, I mean, that's like really the degree I know who everybody is. I'm just like, oh, that person got fired. I don't really know what they actually did. Oh, that person? Why did they hire the Nazi? That's interesting. But, <laughs> But in terms of like now the legal stuff, I that's what people were talking about last night. They were like, you know, really deep in the assessment. And, and granted, I was sitting with a bunch of lawyers. So I guess they're really fascinated with that perspective. But 
it, it, it's way too deep. It's like it's like I'm I'm I started watching Harry Potter like five five <laughs> movies in, and I'm like I don't know what any of this means at all. <laughs> I saw like the first act of like the first season or whatever. I don't know what you want. That's call. funny. It's funny you're calling it a season because I, I I feel like. Uh, I feel like CNN is now. Have you ever seen Talking Dead, like the wrap up show after Walking Dead, where they just like talk about what the characters did <laughs> on Walking Dead? I feel like CNN is now just talking Trump 24 <laughs> 7. Like it's a wrap up show for what's happening in the t- Trump TV show, but just 24 7. And they do the same shit like they do on the Talking Dead show, where they like get on and they talk about, like, well, what do you think like this person was thinking when this happened? It's That's like, hilarious. what do you think Trump was thinking when this went down? And they like come up with little like fan fiction stories of like what they think might happen in speculation. Um, yeah, we're watching Talking Trump twenty four seven. If you're watching, that's really a brilliant take. I mean, I don't think anybody has said that before. So I oh well, thank you. Should, you. you should really expand on that and, and make it a thing. Yeah, we're <laughs> no, I, I'm a I'm a podcaster, so I'll just say it once and forget it forever. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what else do we have here? Uh, um, oh well, there you know, there, uh, uh, on also on your enemies list, there was near a Tandon this week, and and this one is is not as funny, but is as you know, like like terrible and pathetic, and just exposes the type of person she really is. Um, so like, there was a sexual sexual harassment um, scandal at Center for American Progress. I mean. Lots of organizations deal with this. Uh, it's mm-hmm. nothing new. Apparently, uh, CAP did not deal with this well, deal with this very poorly, especially for mm-hmm. organization. Like, it is, like, the, like, organization for, like, leftist politics in this sphere. Like, there's nothing else, right? This sure. is <laughs> Like, there's nothing else that gets this kind of money and support and funding. And they don't do fucking anything from what I can tell. Um, no, Mickey, can you explain to me, as someone, I am very skeptical. I have no idea what they do. As far as I know, the only thing that Cap does is pay for Nera to be able to post at, like, 3 a.m. and get on, <laughs> online by random 19 year old dsa members like what (laughs) purpose does cap actually serve Uh, um you know i will unlike the democratic party which is just a money funneling machine that serves no purpose other than pretending that they're like winning elections when that's clearly not what they do (laughs) um cap actually does come up with policies they're just not like our policies (laughs) Um, they have, I mean, they're a think tank and they, there's cap action and there's cap, uh, there's think progress, which is their, their news arm, I guess you would say. I don't know what you want to call it, a blogging arm. And like, the truth is, is that I do know a lot of people who work at cap who are good people. I think that they often are even more progressive. Some of the employees are more progressive than the NERA is. I mean, I'll give, well, I shouldn't give this away, but, but, but a candidate I know, um, somebody reached out from cap. And was like, we'd love to meet with this candidate. You know, we're we're really interested in their race and blah blah blah. And we'd love to talk to them about some policies. So I guess that's a thing that they do. But I was, I said to them, I said, "Are you kidding?" Nira went after this candidate on Twitter, <laughs> and they, they were like, "Oh." <laughs> so Uh-oh. it's clear that there's some like disagreement there. I mean, but the truth is, is that. Uh, some of the great reporting that's been done on this has been done in The Intercept with Zed Jelani because he used to work at CAP. And mm. he he exposes a lot of the funding, how that influences the policies that come out. There's a lot of um, 
questionable international funding. So are they a pure organization? Absolutely not. I mean, can we have a real progressive organization that's doing and, – and I hope that's what the Sanders Institute becomes. I know that they're they're just sort of beginning and it's going to take a while. But you know, it would be, be great to have a think tank that is talking about economic – um, policies and how it affects all of these other demographics that, you know, the intersectionality of, of politics. Um, CAP is not that. I, I'm not saying that they're horrible. There is some decent stuff that they do, but that mm-hmm. should not be like our how we measure <laughs> where I, we stand. I, I was, was going to say that I was very heartened, you know, and I, and I think that I – this probably reflects what you're saying is that there are good people, you know, within CAP that are working there. But I was very heartened by actually the Think Progress yes, article yes, yes. about Nira. Um, where everyone that worked for her totally fucking shivved her and completely betrayed her right. and made her look like a fool in uh, uh, her company's own like newspaper. So, so I am heartened. I do think there are people within Cap who don't like Nira because they're publicly publishing articles saying we don't like Nira, uh, which is nice. Well, and, and if you think about it, I mean that is where understanding power is really important in these movements, right? So leveraging our power when we have it, not being um, not being bulldozed, not – I mean that's what they do. They're, they're, they're trying to kill us while we are growing momentum. And so it's why mm-hmm. you see such desperate tactics um, when they're going after the left. But I think what they're putting themselves at risk of is, is, is really losing the trust of their own people at the same time. And – I, there are definitely progressives that work at CAP. There are definitely progressives who work at Media Matters, and I know. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to out them, but I know them. <laughs> and Name so, names immediately. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually great, and that's that's the you know that's what they have to be worried about is that when they're taking such public stands against against you know progressives who are for economic equality, and they're really she. I mean, she she's. She's unethical. I mean, she is. She pro- propagates falsehoods. Um, I don't personally. I'm not going to go to war with somebody who's who's like not worth going to war for. And f- so, like when people say pick your battles, I actually do. I I don't fight with everybody on Twitter. I don't fight with Sally Albright. I don't fight with like you know these rando people unless they're it is, actually. It is fun to do though. Just just to just to provide the alternate perspective. <laughs> yes. It's fun to engage with everyone and fuck around with them too. And, and there's a place for that. And I think that some people like that needs to happen. Right? They need to be shut down. But I think with someone like Neera Tandon. Um, it's important to correct the record on the spot because she is she does actually have real power. And mm-hmm. when someone has power, they also have responsibility. And what I think is really fascinating right now is that when your own people are turning on you as an organizational leader, that shows weakness. And you know, I think that she's probably in a weaker spot than we even we even know um, because of that. You know, she's put herself out there and she's made very public comments that people may not be saying on like. I've had people stop me who are like, Jesus Christ, what's going on with Nira? That like work in DC, like in the DC mm-hmm. bubble, like lobbyists, those types of people. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to say it out loud, but when the ship starts to sink, that's when these people start to abandon and, and yeah. come out public. I mean, even last night, like <laughs> I ran into an MSNBC producer and <laughs> I was like, so what do you think about this whole uh, Joy Reid thing? And she's just like, it's about time. 
<laughs> I, I, guess, I think we can all agree with that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's just so funny because like it is it's obvious that all these people were weak because 2016 happened. Like right. if they were right, strong, exactly. like Trump would not be president. And Mira lived through a couple years of her life, assuming that a certain thing was going to happen, and now she has to deal with the fallout. Uh, of I that. think like two decades uh, yeah. of her life, assuming that someone was, something was going to happen, and it didn't. And I just want to know like. I wonder what, like, if she's ducking the phone calls from, like, Qatar because they give PAC all these millions of dollars to support <laughs> them. And now all those promises that Nira's been making for, you know, years and years while she's been the head of PAC. Now she can't keep them because, the like, all she can do is not fight for her own survival, let alone the survival of the Democratic Party when she expected to be, like, in power. She expected to be in the White Chief House. Chief staff, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I am, so, like... Like I'm like I'm actually a little bit like shocked. There hasn't been more like fallout from like public fallout from this of people you know who've given all these people money and support and have gotten all these promises and now they're getting nothing. Like they right. have nothing to show for it after 20 years of trying well, to there, build. There, it. There's a little bit of fallout from it, which it, if you look at like how the DNC is not raising any money oh, at yeah, all, yeah. like raising like one like 50th of what Republicans are raising or something. Um, so that, you know, the bribes didn't work. And so people are like, let's not do them anymore. We can't bribe anymore with these people. Well, and I think, you know, what really concerns me about that, and I don't want to go down a rabbit hole because I could talk about this for a whole five hours. We only um, have seven minutes here. <laughs> we have seven minutes to make the case for why – uh, he, the donors, I, I I fear, are getting bamboozled again because they're being, you know, they're still giving money. They're just giving money to like like super PACs, and it's mm -hmm. the same people. I mean, like, except even less transparency. It's just it's just like move over here, and we're going to do exactly the same thing in this fund. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, uh, it, you know, the Democratic Party went through a form of disaster capitalism. They were starved of resources, failed. I mean, this is right now, like not, mm -hmm. you know, throughout the whole – In the past. In the past, <laughs> yeah. They were starved of resources, failed, and now everyone's like, well, go go to this private entity over here. Oh. And like, frankly, that's Barack Obama doing the same thing. He's creating this whole – he's creating this whole redistricting like plan with – or he has mm -hmm. with Eric Holder. The DLCC, the, the Democratic the, – you know, they're the ones who do the, the legislative um, – they're not part of the DNC, but they're like, you know, attached to it, I guess. They actually do real work, but they haven't been funded. I mean, that's the point is that state party leaders, not all of them, but like a lot of these state parties, like they know their states. They just weren't given the money. And the DNC failed because like the DNC was owned by a presidential campaign. And then that's where they really failed. So – yeah, I, like the whole scandal where, like, I, I, I'm just amazed. It's like, like nobody went to jail for this. Where people would be donating money um, at these parties that couldn't legally go to Hillary Clinton, so they would send it back to the state parties, and then the state parties would be forced to send it back up to the Clinton uh, campaign directly. Uh, it, so it's a, in a way, it's kind of like when you move money in order to clean it in some way mm -hmm. so that it's legal for you to take it. Yeah. For that. I, like, I can't think of it right money, now. Anyway, money um, washing. Cleaning. Yeah, money cleaning. It's called money cleaning, I think is what it is. And, 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 like another thing just popped up. I, I saw you tweeted about this, that the Intercept, uh, Walker uh, Bragman and um, yep. Michael Sainito, Sainato, uh, point out 
the De- Democratic Party is paying millions of dollars for Hillary Clinton's email list. Yeah, how nice. <laughs> well, and what's concerning about that is, I mean, it, it, there's there's a loop back there too. I mean, if you think about it, and this has to be um, reported out a little bit more, but essentially, they this is the party that said that they were giving money to state parties, right? Went during mm-hmm. the um, I'm sorry. This is this is the, the Clintons who said that they were going to be giving money to state parties. Remember that whole debacle, yes. this the scandal about that in 2016. But then we found out that the money was actually going back towards the top. So when you actually look at election law, like they were paying for a list that they kind of already owned. If you think about it, yeah. like the list was yep. shared with the DNC. So why is it that she ended up taking? that list back from the DNC when they actually shared it. So a lot of those names are overlapped. Like they were using the state parties to collect names and data, but it was already the DNC's <laughs> data. Do you see yeah. what I'm saying? It's, yeah. it's, it's I, a little confusing, but like they basically, no, I, I, it's not, it's, I, it's, I do see what you're saying. I just, the counter point I would offer is that it's probably difficult for the Clintons to make money when they can't get bribed by foreign governments. So we can just kind of think <laughs> of this as like a, a payout, like leave the situation. But it, like it makes it, Make, it's, it's pretty simple because none of this makes sense because if you ask the average person on the street, like, the Democratic Party and the Clintons should be, like, the same thing, the same team. Now, that's not, not maybe, you know, that's not good for, like, a Bernie Sanders, but, like, that would probably be the average perception on the street of what it means to be a, a, the Democratic Party. So to have them, like, paying millions of dollars for an email list for the candidate who was their presidential candidate, it just doesn't, it makes no sense just on like that level. Like why would that ever happen? If you care about the party and you want to support the party, why would you sell the email list? If you don't want to give it to them, they'll give it to them. I'm glad Bernie Sanders isn't doing it. And like if people always throw it back, well, he's not a real Democrat. I'm like, well, good. People don't like Democrats. That's fine. Uh, But to say that, like, to actually charge money for this party that you bragged about helping and supporting, and that was one of the things you used to try to win the n- nomination, is to say, I'm a real Democrat, I'm giving money back to the party, to the little parties, and now you're you know, extorting them for $2 million so that they can use your, your email list. Like, that just shows the continued um folly of the clintons and the clinton campaign like they have learned nothing in these past years and neither has the democratic party apparently and you know you, you use that it's that's a really good word it is it's extortion i mean there if there were two words that describe the modern day democratic party it's extortion actually three extortion propaganda and money laundering that's what's going on Wow, <laughs> uh, that, this is why you, we call you no chill, no Mickey, because you have actually sat around with these people, like they invite you to stuff, and you still. Uh, I don't know if they invite me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you go, you go, and they don't immediately kick you out. Well, maybe after they hear this episode gets out, maybe they will. Maybe they're scared of me, <laughs> <laughs> and they, they should, should be. be because you know what? Have you seen Troy Reed and Near Tandon lately? <laughs> <laughs> well, that, Watch out, pundits! Who's next? Yeah. Well, thank you. So so much, uh, Nomiki, for joining us today. Um, and where, uh, where, where, where you got going? And where can people find you? Uh, oh, good, good question. I have to like plug stuff now. Um, so I am at the Young Turks, and we are 
in the process of editing like hundreds of hours of footage from um, my work in Puerto Rico, I'm continuing to do work in Puerto Rico, so stay tuned for that. A lot of disaster capitalism stories. And what else? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm like still with the DNC and the Reform Commission, so we're we're fighting the fight on that one. So stay tuned because we're going to amp up a an effort to get the votes on our side. Because um, you know, if we don't reform the party now, like bye bye democracy, <laughs> and also like the planet because you know. <laughs> yeah, there so are. You can, so you can catch Nomiki trying to save democracy and the planet. Yeah, um. there are more things at stake than Joanne Reed's reputation. Uh, yeah, That's it. yeah. <laughs> Despite what she says, thank you guys for everything. I, I really appreciate it. Thanks for coming thank on. You. Chicago, Chicago Public Radio, Public Radio International. This is American Life, Mark Glass. Each week on our show, we have a theme. And not this week, motherfucker. It's time for a different kind of show. My glasses. My name is Marvin. His name's Jorts. Uh, We talk about work, complain about your boss, uh, talk about... uh, Their name's Marvin. My name's Jorts. They say intelligent things. I'm a dumbass. Just let's just have a good time. We're here to dick around and build solidarity together uh, through uh, enacting uh, bits of uh, cartoon violence on uh, all of the bosses who have wronged us in the past. So, uh, well, if you want to participate, you can drop us a line, shoot us up in the dang DMs uh, at workingweekpodcast at gmail.com, or you can head on over and subscribe and shoot us up in the dang comments section over at patreon.com slash workingweekpodcast.
like what you hear, want to hear more, check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or strugglesession.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.